the owner that that at this particular point in January of 2015 just came in and, and basically cleaned house, fired a lot of the old management style, you know, managers. And one of those was my wife. And so overnight we lost six figure income and I'm a stay at home dad, not making any money. And all of a sudden we had this massive decision of, all right, crap, what do we do now? What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to Vail Media's Now You Know podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you and welcome. Our podcast is all about uh, highlighting and sharing stories that inspire. um, And the stories all come from people who are making an impact in the world, but more importantly, our local Utah community. Every single person that we have on the show has ties to Utah and uh, and that's what we're all, all about. So once you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and take a look back at all the other episodes that we've done. We've had awesome people from the athletics world, people who are doing things in professional sports, in the business world, um, teachers, authors. We have them all, and they're all making uh, an impact, And again, in our Utah community. Hey, what's up, everybody? I just wanted to give a couple thoughts uh, on this conversation you're about to listen to. If you haven't looked at the title already, um, you're about to listen to an awesome conversation I had with Joe Hansen, who's the founder or co-founder with his wife uh, of Awaken Studios and, and their business. They have two locations is in the health and fitness space, um, which is a billion-dollar industry, and and they uh, have earned the right to a piece of that pie and, and all the success that they're having. Um, but I just wanted to give you maybe something to chew on as, as you kind of listen to it. And, and this is my thought as I, as I reflect back on our conversation. I think about the American dream, right? right? And, it, and the American dream to me isn't so much the flashiness of, uh, you know what I mean, the, the rich and the famous type of ideals. The American dream to me is, is resilience, right? It reminds me of that Rocky quote, it, it doesn't matter how hard you can hit. Um, Rocky Balboa said it's a... Uh, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, and, and that's how winning is done. And and I think um, that's, to me, the American dream, and I think Joe Hansen embodies this. Um, you'll hear through his story how they had ups and downs, and, and that, uh, no pun intended, you know what I mean? It, just the average Joe, just like all of us, right? We all get kicked in the stomach sometimes, and, and, uh, and I think he was able to bounce back from uh, an abrupt career change that happened in their family. And what they decided to do was, I mean, some might think is risky and starting a business and then finally making through, making it through the first few years of that and then having to deal with uh, COVID-19 last year and, and uh, you know, I mean, the mandates that were put in place uh, that directly affected, uh, you know, pretty much all businesses in the health and fitness space. Um, particularly gyms and, and whatnot. And so, but uh, they got hit pretty hard and, and they still kept moving forward. And that's why I think the nugget for me in this was just this uh, idea of resilience or the principle of resilience and and uh, and being able to, to still move forward and find success through the struggle. And uh, I'm talking too much. I think you'll find that and many other principles uh, in our interview with the uh, co-founder of Awakened Studios, along with real estate projects and another side subscription business uh, coming up soon. Um, 
Joe Henson. Enjoy. Uh, grew up in Sandy, Utah. Um, kind of born and born and raised in that area. Uh, typical normal kid. Came from a very you know middle class, maybe even middle lower class family in in Utah. I have one brother. It's a pretty small small family. Um, but just normal kid. Loved sports. Played baseball, basketball. You know, went to church on Sundays. Tried to keep my nose clean as much as I could, <laughs> but you know, got into got into our fair share of trouble along the way as well. Good friends. Um, you know, can't say can't say I did anything too stupid, but yeah. you know, the typical typical kid stuff. When when you like look back and, and like reflect on like how you were in, in you mean as early as high school, did you know? Because uh, we know what we know today, right? Did you know what you wanted to be professionally? How were you as a student? Student, I was very average. You know, I think I graduated high school with like a three point three. Uh, but going into my senior year, I was probably in the you know upper two point eights or something. Uh-huh. You know, took a lot of easy, easy classes, so I was never a scholar at all. Um, Bookwork was never was never a strong suit of mine for sure. Um, but I was always super comfortable just in life in general. Like I had no problem. Um, even as a teenager, my, 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 my parents would always, would always point this out to me that they, that I could sit down in any room as a teenager and it didn't matter who was in the room. Um, I could always talk with that person. Um, and and find common ground. So I kind of felt like scholarly wise, I was I wasn't very smart, but just world wise, you know, and, and life in general is pretty smart. You know, I could get out there, figure things out. Hard worker. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up my mom uh, for my dad. He had the typical nine to five job. You know, he retired a couple of years ago from the same company that he had worked for nice. 40 years from, you know. And so he had that stable income. Um, and it wasn't until post high school before he really started making any kind of decent money. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom growing up when I was in sixth grade, she started a, she started a candy store out at the Gardner village out in West Jordan. Um, and she ran that for 20 years. So I also, so from my mom, I also had the entrepreneurial side yeah. to, to see from her and, and kind of see how she built a business from this teeny little, you know, thousand square foot candy store um to at one point before she sold it she was the largest candy store in the state of utah really yeah and did really well you know and she sold that company how how old were you when she started that i was in sixth grade so what 12 years old yeah and i worked for her on and off Uh, she made her own candy like type of thing or she made some of her own candy she sourced a lot of it you know just she just bought, bought it from different vendors um but she did a lot of homemade fudge caramel apples yeah. uh you know that type of thing and there were a couple of big festivals down there that every year like the whole family had to come together and you know put in a lot of hours yeah. to, to make it you know to make the weekend work really well yeah and, and uh so you know it was really cool because i did i got to see kind of the uh the safe job career yeah. you know that my dad had and then i also really got to see my mom's entrepreneurial entrepreneurial side um, and she's very creative. She yeah. comes from a pretty artistic family. Um, so I got to see that creativity come out in her and her business, which was really fun. But up until then, like through high school, um, I went on an LDS mission over to Manchester, England. Nice. 
even coming home, jumping into college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really didn't have a clear focus on, on a career at that point. So I just kind of went into college doing general studies, um, thought I wanted to go and be a dentist. And then I got into all my chemistry and biology classes and hated it. So I got mm-hmm. out of that quick. I kept taking business classes, but I put myself through school. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have any scholarships. My parents didn't pay for my college. And so I went to college um, only when I could afford to pay for it. Uh-huh. And so my college education ended up taking like eight years to do. And I'm not a doctor, you know, uh-huh. what was, was Will Farrell that said, you know, <laughs> I went to school for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> but uh, no, I got a, I ended up getting a degree in electronic journalism. So basically, you know, TV and radio. Nice. Um, I did a little bit in TV and radio, but quickly knew that that didn't make any money. So I bailed on that and and went and I got a job. Yeah. So where where did where did you end up getting a job? And how old were you about that time? When I was in college, I was what about twenty two. You know, I think I, like I say, I graduated after eight years. So I was probably about twenty six when I graduated. Um, I've always loved motorsports, so I got a job working in a motorcycle dealership, selling motorcycles, yeah. wave runners, four-wheelers, all that kind of stuff. Really enjoyed that, um, and I was a good salesman. Yeah. You know, I could sell. Um, after a while, my wife and I, once I did graduate, she actually graduated at the same time, but she had a master's in education. Nice. She really enjoyed school uh, and, and enjoyed that side. We actually moved um, to New Zealand for a year. Oh, we, we, we didn't have any kids yet, and we wanted a big adventure. So she ended up getting a job as a high school teacher down north of Auckland in New Zealand. Dude, I didn't know that. So you guys are just north of Auckland. Yep, and... yep. So we were down there for a year. Um, I worked in a gym yeah. selling memberships in a gym, and she worked as a dance teacher in high school. Wow. How, how did you like New Zealand, man? New Zealand's fantastic. I didn't know that. I have ties <laughs> to New Zealand, obviously. Well, like, my mom was... Well, she she used to live in Auckland too. She was raised okay. on, on the south side of the North Island, but okay. But uh, how was that, man? You, New Zealand's fantastic. Yeah, you know, we uh, young, married, no kids, we bunch lived, of meat pies, and oh uh, yeah, <laughs> had the hongi. You yeah. know, we did. Uh, we lived in a high rise apartment on the beach, uh-huh. so we'd literally come down and walk across the street and have our nice beach right there. Uh, we had some great friends down there, you know, still close, even yeah. though we were only there for a year. And that was like 14 years ago now. Yeah. Um, still, you know, really good friends with some of the people we met down there. Love the the Polynesian culture and That's the cool, people. Man. And, yeah, New Zealand's a fantastic place to be. Yeah, man. I can't, I can't go there, man, because every time I come, I come back. I'm like ten pounds heavier every time. <laughs> so they they will feed you for sure. Yeah, they they, they eat, man. Yep. Well, like um, I want well, I want to maybe sidestep it a little bit here, um, because like in in your story that you you've uh, shared uh, so far, uh, I feel like because I I know you uh, a little bit from before this, and so we kind of know where the story's headed, and, and we talked a little bit before this about. Um, pivots that you've had to make in your business sure. today, but like uh, I'm hearing it, and uh, and you you can't like you uh, graduated high school, you go on a mission, come back, and then you um, 
dentist, maybe not. Then, mm-hmm. uh, then here, maybe not. Like in your pivoting, I'm trying to think about like what, what would you, what goes into your your thought process, and and even as you, I know that you're a father. If you were coaching your kids, and and as they kind of navigate throughout, you know, what I mean, young adulthood, eventually, mm-hmm. um, what would your advice be to someone who, like, uh, who starts coming to a place that they're not sure about, but maybe maybe there's a social pressure that like, oh, just go be a doctor, sure. right? But that's that's a in air quotes a, a good job, right. but like, uh, you know, what I mean, it's not aligned, and because you you end up with. Spoiler alert! You end up in a really good spot, and, and that's why we're here today. <laughs> I right? hope it's but, a good spot. But uh, but um, I'm I'm just thinking about like you know what I mean if you had to advise someone who's kind of going through this time in life where there's like a, a lot of decisions that could impact the rest of your life, right? Um, how do you navigate through that, and how do you know when to make a pivot and and go a different direction? I think <clears throat> I I always um. My my dad is one of my you know my greatest heroes. He taught me a ton, um, and I think naturally because of my father's career choice and kind of the the safe uh, you know the safe stable career, that is the direction I started going. Um, and I'd get these jobs. You know, I'd get a job at a at a gym when I lived in New Zealand. When we came back from New Zealand, I got a job uh, as a sales manager for the Miller Motorsports Park out in Tooele. And I ended up working for the, the Larry H. Miller group, um, out at the racetrack for five plus years doing sales, did really well out there. Um, the whole time though, I always had these jobs. I always had this underlying feeling of entrepreneurship, um, following after what my mom did. Maybe it's because I was never really a good employee. I always got, you know, I always got butt butted heads a lot with my bosses. We we dealt with each other because I sold pretty well, you know. So they put up with my antics. <laughs> um, but I always had this feeling like, why am I spending all my time and effort making all these other guys money? Right. You know, why can't I do this for myself? But I never had the guts. I never had the courage to do it for myself. So. I worked for the racetrack for a long time and then I ended up my wife at the same time she she was she's always been in the health and fitness industry um, as a Pilates instructor yoga instructor and she loves she's very entrepreneurial minded even though she worked for companies she was always their manager and basically was able to run the programs how she wanted to run them and uh so her career actually started to really take off and I was getting really burned out, you know, in, in the, in my day-to-day job career. By this time, I think we had, we, we, we had a couple of kids. Um, I think we had three kids by now, you know, all still pretty young. And we made the decision as a family that I was going to quit my job and be a stay at home dad. And her career, she was going to run with her career. You know, she was making, she was making six figures as a manager, um, and providing really well for the family. But with her, you know, doing that and me trying to do sales that I wasn't super excited about anymore, we were both gone a lot. And so we just made that decision that I'm going to go be a stay at home dad. So I ended up doing that for a couple of years and I loved it. It forced me uh, back into my kids' lives 
And I was there for all their practices and their games, their school performances, their recitals, everything like that. And I absolutely loved it. And I knew I couldn't do those things if I had a job for somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, if you fast forward a little bit into January of 2015, um, my wife's company that she was working for went through a couple of ownership changes. They went through, I think, three different ownership changes in a year and a half period of time. Wow. And the owner that, that at this particular point in January of 2015 just came in and, and basically cleaned house, fired a lot of the old management style, you know, managers. And one of those was my wife. And so overnight we lost six figure income Hmm. and I'm a stay at home dad, not making any money. And all of a sudden we had this massive decision of, all right, crap, what do we do now? So, you know, we thought, does Joe go back into the workforce? You know, do I get back into sales and and start doing that kind of stuff again? Does Jenna start finding another, another, uh, you know, gym to manage for, which was a possibility. We were like, there's no way another gym's going to pay her what she was getting paid before. Mm -hmm. And, so the whole time that she was working at this at this gym managing it, I was helping her with a lot of the sales marketing stuff that I had always done, you know. Yeah. Spouses helping each other. So I'm yeah, just a, I'm helping her do team, this yeah. stuff. We're just a team. Um and so we ended up just saying, Hey, well why why let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's do what you're really good at, what I'm good at in sales marketing management, and let's create our own business. Yeah. You know, we'd always talked about our own business. And so in a sense, you know, God stepped in and got her fired mm-hmm. <laughs> so we could do what we always wanted to do. Yeah. You know, so we were forced to do that. So, so it was, uh, first, let's see, was it, it was either January of 2015 or March of 2015. I actually think it was March of 2015. Mm-hmm. And by May, actually May 31st of 2015. So what's that? Three months. We opened our first uh, fitness studio, Awaken Studios, in a little 500 square foot sweat box at the back of a gym in Sandy by where we live. So um, yeah, that was a that was a pretty crazy time to go from you know good employment to absolutely nothing to opening a business. Yeah. How quick did the did you guys make the decision? So, like, it, you know, she goes into work. You know I mean hypothetically on a Monday? Sure. Finds out that there's no more work, and I'm not sure if there was a notice or not. But pretty much like you're saying, overnight, you guys find out that uh, you know I mean the six figure income is is no longer. How long did that decision take uh, to be like? You know what? We're gonna go all in on on starting a business. Uh, less than a week. Nice. Um, the only thing we were, we were thinking of is it was either going to be, we're going to start our own fitness business, or I had a friend who at the time was, um, he was contemplating selling a couple of his, uh, tire stores. Um, again, I, I have experience in the motorsport industry. I worked in tire stores back in high school. So I kind of knew that industry a little bit. And so we were just, we put the pros and cons together of, you know, investing in a couple of tire stores or going into the health and fitness industry. And and we literally sat down at the table with pieces of paper, writing pros and cons 
of each and we said we're going the health and fitness industry yeah do you remember what it was that tipped the scale the the other way the enjoyment factor yeah yeah i figured it was that probably yeah when you're in the health and fitness industry you're typically dealing with people who who are who want to improve their life physically mentally spiritually they're looking for those improvements you're dealing with with happy people for the most part. Now, obviously there's people who are, you know, really can be down in the dumps sometimes, you know, with their physical appearance, how they're feeling, but they're coming to you to be better, you know, to improve. When you're dealing with tires and brakes <laughs> and broken engines, you know, it's a, and, and, and I, I still love the industry of automobiles, but you're, you're taking money from people that, don't really want to give you their money because one, they may not even think that what you're telling them is true, you know, cause automotive dealerships sometimes have bad reputations or whatever, but you know, it just, it, it didn't seem as enjoyable. Yeah. Now I've, I, I know the owners of, I, I know the owners of Burt brothers tires. They're great friends of mine. They do fantastic work, super happy people. My personality and my wife's personality were like, you know what? the health and fitness is, is where it's at for us. And we got to do it together too. Yeah. If we had done the tire out, I would have been all in it by myself. My wife would not have been part of the business, but the health and fitness awaken studios. We are able to work it together. I think that's such an important part to, to highlight is this enjoyment piece uh, for sure. and how happy something makes you right. Like I, I have um, a really close, uh, a uh, buddy of mine who was um, pursuing uh, medicine because that was kind of, again, in air quotes, like uh, the the right job for him. And um, and he just kind of felt like it wasn't like the box that he was meant to to be in. And so right. he, he went kind of more with what uh, he felt like um, fulfilled him more. And, and he does really well and probably makes uh, just as much as doctors do. Sure. And, and, and I think what's more important is that He's uh he's happier, um, and uh, you know I mean and and just thinking so like, do you um I, I assume you, when you think about like raising your children, that's probably, um, something that I, I'm sure you would advise them too, right? Just to kind of follow whatever makes them happy versus oh for sure, don't definitely raising kids like. Don't think that you have to be that doctor, have to be that lawyer, CPA, have to have that safe career. Now, we need people in this world who are fantastic doctors and right. fantastic lawyers and CPAs and all those those professional careers like that. Um, but we also need people who, who love health and fitness, who love to dance, yeah. who love to sing. You know, uh, the arts programs in college, I think, are very undervalued. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I don't think you should go to a to a Ivy league school and, and get $200,000 in debt for a, you know, yeah. for a dance degree that might pay you $25,000 a year, you know, but I think there's other opportunities, um, to pursue dance and, and be a very contributing member of society. Yeah. Um, you know, there's tons of studies out there that, that people who have the arts in their life are happier they are less stressed um, because of what music, what dance brings to you. 
yeah. you know, and brings to your life and the calming factors and things like that. So absolutely not. You do not have to fit into a, what the, the cookie cutter box that society says, yeah. do what you want to do, what makes you happy. Um, and find a way to make money doing it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with making money. A hundred percent. I love that. I think you, you say it perfectly. And, and, and you're right. It's not to throw shade at, at any industry or profession because there are people who find just as much fulfillment or happiness in that. You mentioned the Burt Brothers. I, I'm sure that sure. they're passionate and that gives them just as much. I'm sure that they don't want to be in, you know what I mean, whatever industry, you know what I mean? Right. Um, no, they love it. They love doing that that kind of stuff, and they love, you know, providing a service. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the people, you know, what, one of the most important things, regardless of what service industry or profession you're in, is providing an honest service that gives people benefit. You mm-hmm. know, that that amplifies people's lives. If you are if you are in a tire industry, and and you're changing somebody's brakes, which may not be the most glorious job in the world. But you know what? Every time I hit my brakes, because something, you know, because a car pulls out in front of me, I'm dang glad that I had somebody, you know, who cared to do a very good job installing those brakes on my truck. Yeah. I love that. You know, so whatever you do, do it with a do it a hundred percent. Do it with passion. Do it with heart, and love what you do, regardless of what it is. I love that. Um, I want to. I also wanted to, to to maybe hit on another subject, um, and and I think your perspective would be super valuable here. But um, and you talked about how working with your wife mm-hmm. has been. Uh, I think you, something along the lines of how you're glad that that you guys are in this together, and if it was the tire thing, you would have been by yourself. Sure. Um, but uh, may, maybe if you could talk about that, because I think. There, there is this, uh, you know what I mean? I feel like I've, I've seen on social media some people, there was a poll one time where it was like, would, would you be able to work with your, <laughs> with your you know what I mean, spouse or whatever? Um, yes or no. And, and some people could do it. And some people were like, no, to keep our, you mean, our relationship sane or, or, right. or whatever. They, they measure it differently. Um, give us your take on, on working with your spouse is hard. It's not an easy route. And de- there are definitely people out there that should not and probably could not do it. And that's, that is okay. Um, working with your spouse is hard. And one of the reasons it can be hard is because, and, and any, anybody that listens to this that's ever worked with their spouse will know exactly what I'm talking about, is there is a, it's very hard to shut off business. Um, because you can be at the dinner table and your conversation can completely go to business. And then there's your kids just sitting there listening to this, you know, you guys drab on about business. Um, you can be driving in the car somewhere and the conversation turns to business because you're both involved. Uh, you can be laying in bed at night and all of a sudden, Hey, I just thought of this thing that we need to do for business. Um, and so that can be a really hard thing when you work with your spouse. Um, I remember when, you know, when I did work, when I had a job, you know, and I'd come home, you know, my wife would, you know, the typical, Hey honey, how was your day? You know, and I'd maybe give her a, a five to 10 minute recap of what I did that day. But, but that was it. Mm-hmm. At the end of that conversation, we really didn't discuss business at that point. So that can be one of the hard parts, but honestly, also that's one of the great parts 
about being uh, working with the spouse is because you can kind of tap into each other when you need it. You know, if you've got that, you know, uh, if you got that question, you'd be like, hey, hon, I know I just got a business question for you real quick. And that's kind of how I usually do it. Like if we're outside of normal business hours, I'd be like, hey, I just got this quick question for you. And and a lot of the times she'll be like, yeah, go ahead, you know. Or there's other times where she's like, you know what, I just don't want to talk business right now. And then I'm like, okay, we'll bring it. We'll talk again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so – that's is that something that you guys um, like? Are do you have you guys kind of like maybe formally or informally set boundaries, or like hey, uh, when we're with the kids, you know what I mean, or is it kind of you know what I mean how how do you how do you balance that? It's um, it's definitely kind of informal. Uh, you know, we kind of try and do that. You know, once we sit down for dinner, from dinner time on, we try and you know turn yeah. work turn work off. We're getting better and better at it. You know, we're six years into our business. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier. We have a great staff that works for us. Um, and so a lot of the stuff that we would talk about constantly at the beginning, we, we're no longer dealing with those. You know, we have our, our team that, that handles the day-to-day operations stuff. So it's a lot easier. But also in the same time, within our current business, we're always evolving. We're always changing. We're always looking for new things to do to grow our business. And so even though our business is six years old, we have elements of our business that are still in their infancy and things that we're still developing. So, you know, it's, but, but it is easier to kind of turn off work, uh, you know, down the line a bit. Um, when you look back to, and, and I think it's worth noting. So you guys have, um, two gyms now, right? We have two locations. Yeah. We have one in Murray, Utah, and then we have one in St. George, Utah. I love that. Um, and, and, and you have some other projects too, that, that, that we'll talk about too. But, um, when you go back to, um, starting this and, 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 and I, I always talk about this because I feel like this is where, and, and you know I mean? The, uh, the business, no, no hows or gurus that are way smarter than me, um, say this all the time that, um, you mean just getting started often is where most people don't get past that they just right. don't, don't they don't get started and i i can't help but think that if if i had my spouse with me in, in the beginning that that would be super beneficial in in at least dealing with the fear or supporting like when sure. you're like walking into the building that you just leased or whatever and you're like dude what the crap did we just get ourselves we bought into? our building so oh, wow. so so we had even more pressure <laughs> we we couldn't just bail on a lease we had a we had a 25 year mortgage <laughs> to start covering <laughs> Well, how, how was that? Like uh, the, the the support factor in the beginning, and then how has it developed to to where you're at today? Because sure. I, even uh, as another side note, I've, I think five years is always kind of like the benchmark that people are like, if I start a business, you know what I mean? Right. Whatever statistics about not lasting five years, and and you guys uh, have grown obviously, and and it's opened doors for other opportunities mm-hmm. that that we kind of briefly talked about before. Um, but I, I, I love this support, um, the topic of support, especially where the part where people get hung up the most. And so mm-hmm. uh, how important was your relationship in those times uh, where it was more scary and did it cause tension and stress it out more or did it strengthen or both? Um, definitely supportive. I, I don't really think – I can't really think of a time 
um, other than honestly the past year, that we had a lot of stress and tension. Um, and one of the reason being is because we were both on the same page with things. And, and honestly, as well, we didn't have any other choice. We literally lost our income. So we had to start. You know, you have a lot of, uh, um, I can't remember who coined the term or said it, but, you know, you probably heard of being a entrepreneur. Yeah. I want to be an entrepreneur, but I never do anything about it. We didn't have a choice. We had to go. Um, and so we just went and the two of us had this vision of where we wanted to go. And we were just really in step with each other. One of the great things about the partnership my wife Jenna and I have in our business is our roles and our specialties are completely different. Um, she has every fitness certification you can think of, you know, from her personal training to Pilates to yoga to aerial yoga, TRX, everything under the sun. I have zero fitness trainer certifications. Um, my, my background is sales, marketing, management. And so my wife is the face of our company. And she has a very great, um, a very well-respected uh, name in the health and fitness industry. And so we were able to build our company around her reputation. And I'm the guy in the background, which I'm completely fine with. I'm the guy in the background dealing with the insurance, the payroll, the marketing, uh, you know, all of that behind the scenes stuff. And so we really don't step on each other's toes very often. I love that. You know, at the end of the day, if one of our employees comes to us and they, you know, they want to raise, well, they come to Jenna and she evaluates whether they, you know, have met the standards and, and have done what they need to do to, to warrant a raise. But then she comes to me and we together look and see if we have any money to give them a raise, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, it works. It, it's a pretty well-oiled machine at this point, um, with very clear, very clear uh, roles. And that's something like if you're going into any kind of partnership, whether it's with your spouse, or your best friend, or your brother, or your sister, any kind of partnership, defining those roles and keeping those roles crystal clear all the time, yeah. super, super, super important. Yeah, I I totally believe that, man. I think. Um I just think about, you know what I mean, some of the organizations that I'm involved with and how, you know what I mean, um, I remember with uh, you know, the business that I'm involved with, um, we used to even say when we were like a, a lot smaller, let's find uh, superstar employees that we could, that ones that could do everything, right? And right. it was like, and <laughs> we were at that stage, right? We hadn't like necessarily grown out of it, but like, it was really the world of a difference when you're like, hey, this is, this is what you do. You stay in your lane. I stay right. in this lane, and uh, and we're gonna head in the same direction. And and uh, I felt like we we really were able to turn a new corner once uh, once that thing. And that that reminds me of what you're saying. I also love what you said about um. There there was no choice. Yeah. And, 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 you know what I mean? I, I get a little scared because I don't know if I'd advise that, you know what I mean? Like, hey, just go all in and <laughs> quit your job or whatever. And, you know what I mean? That, you know what I mean? That I feel like there's, there's uh, you know what I mean, some wisdom and skill set, you know what I mean, and circumstances I feel like can, you know what I mean, you, it goes one way or another and it could be, you know what I mean, case by case. But, like, um, 
uh, Mark Mark Laurie, I think his name. He's the one who used to own Jet.com, and he was um, the CEO of Walmart's like uh, e-commerce side. He said that he that was, that's his advice. He's like, have no plan B, just jump in. There's yeah. no plan B. You just like, and he just believes in human will. Sure, that you'll figure it out. And I think that I think that works. Uh, that can work sometimes, especially depending on personality. Um, uh, a guy that you're familiar with, local Utah guy, Dan Young, he yeah. talks about like people ask him all the time, you know, well, how do I know when to quit my job, you know, and, and, and do this, this side hustle that I really want to do. And, uh, and I apologize, Dan, if I get your numbers a little mixed up, but Dan talks about having at least one year of, of savings in the bank you know, to be able to pay your mortgage and pay yourself and live, you know, your livable wages. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you have this want to go start a business, you don't really have two feet to stand on yet. You, you can't quit your job and go do that. You know, at least most people can't. Um, so you've got to have the, that savings and that lead time to be able to build your business. Yeah. Um, you know, most businesses are not going to be profitable in the first year, yeah. you know, and so you've got to have all that capital, not only to run your business, but you've got to have enough capital and savings to, um, you know, to live off of. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if you've got your day to day job and it's paying your bills, keep that job going until your side hustle, yeah. you know, surpasses what you're making in your day-to-day job. Yep. Then I feel like personally, then I feel like, okay, now I can quit my day job. Um, you know, and this is obviously my comfort risk yep. le- level of risk. Um, I'm not going to quit my day job until I, my side gigs making at least what I'm making in my yep. day job. Yeah. And then once it does go for it. Yeah. Absolutely I, go for it. And it depends on your situation. If you're married and you got kids and yep. all this, you got all of them to think of. If you're a 22 year old, somebody who's got, you know, who's living in the basement of their friend's apartment yep. for 250 bucks a month, go for it. Yeah. You know, rock and roll. I, I, I love that. Cause you mean, there is a little bit of a, you mean nuance and science to kind of understanding, you mean how to calculate your risk. And, and I love that you bring up Dan and the way, the way that Dan speaks, he's a friend of the show, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and we talked about this and this might be a cool place to kind of pivot the conversation to mentoring, but, uh, so pragmatic and practical about success. You know what I mean? And, and, um, you spend a little bit of time with him and and there's no, uh, it's just straight to the point. He'll he'll tell you at a thousand miles an hour, what you got to do. And then there's a period and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like go and as he says, execute. Um, and and we I I know that we had kind of talked about this before, and I feel like this could be a cool place to bring this up. Sure. But um, let's talk about mentoring um, and kind of growing through this uh, process of uh, being a, an entrepreneur and, and, and right. businessman. Um, who who are some of the mentors? I know that Dan had an influence on that, and and uh, what what do you learn about mentoring? Uh, you mean as a subject? Itself. Sure. Um, let me let me skip back a couple years before that real quick. We started our business in 2016 or 2015. Uh, one year later, we we moved from that 500 square foot little box and we bought a 8,000 square foot former Family Dollar store. Um, and so we went from you know being 
just this teeny little company to a fairly large company. Um, we hired uh, about 40 employees, uh, mostly instructors who were only teaching an hour or two a week. Um, but our company grew quite quickly. Within a couple of years, we had gone through a lot of growing pains, and we had hired some fantastic people. Uh, my managers, uh, Kevin and Melissa, they're fantastic. They run the day-to-day -day operations, and I was able to kind of step back a little bit and just kind of work on more of a overseer kind of a you work know, on the business not in exactly it. you know do that kind of stuff and manage them um richard branson he had a quote this is you know basically he's, he talks about as a business owner your um, your focus is on your employees your employees are who take care of your customers mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where i i was at um and and the company was going really well but as i pulled back I honestly started to get a little bit bored just because the company was doing really well. You know, my team was awesome. And so I personally started looking for um, a little bit of brain stimulation, you know, and, yeah. and, and trying to grow myself. Um, I started listening to podcasts and Dan Young's podcast, the Dan's Millionaire Code, um, was the first one I really stumbled upon. And I started listening to it and just loved what I was hearing. Um, you know, he had some fantastic guests on there. Um, you know, and a couple of those guests I'm doing business with today, you know, um, and I've done business with in the past. I love his, his, uh, podcast with Rick White. Um, he did a podcast with, uh, Brock felt Brock and I are currently in business with a, with a product that we've got going on the market. Um, and then also, uh, yours and my coach, uh, Jeremy Nevis, yeah. I heard Jeremy and I started following Jeremy and I started reaching out to these guys. I would listen to a podcast and that I really liked. And so I'd follow these guys on social media and ladies on social media. And I would just send them these messages saying, Hey, I listened to your, your podcast today with Dan Young. Thanks for, thanks for your time. And thanks for giving us the knowledge. And I was shocked when I started to get replies. I thought these guys were untouchable. You know, these were these high level uh, businessmen and women who, you know, they're, they're making millions and millions of dollars and they actually responded to me. And I was actually, it, it took me back, but I was like, wait a second, these guys, you know, they're actually, they're not only saying these really cool things on, on the podcast, but then they're giving it back when I reach out. And, and so I've been able to create some, some great business relationships, not only through Dan's podcasts, but then I start listening to other people's podcasts and, you know, and reaching out to them. And that's when I honestly have started to see my personal career, my personal journey start to take off is when I, when I, when I reach out. Back in school, I was the guy that sat at the back of the room, kept my mouth shut, didn't participate or anything like that. And it's super, super uncomfortable. But now I'm the guy at the front of the room when I go to events. You know, I'm sitting at the, you know, if I go to an event dinner and there's an empty table, my brain, my, you know, my brain wants to go sit down there because that's where I'm comfortable. But I'm forcing myself to go take the last seat at another table. So I start talking to people and the more I do this, I'm starting to see, um, just how much benefit and knowledge all of these people have, and they just want to give it away. 
they want to share it. They want to build you up. They want to see you succeed. Um, so these guys, you know, whether they know it or not, um, are becoming my mentors, you know, and I'm loving, loving, loving learning from them. And some of them, you know, we're getting for free on podcasts. Some of them we're paying for, and I'm hundred percent happy to be paying for a mentor who cares about my success and driving me to get better and also wanting me to help drive him and others to get better. Dude, I, I, uh, I love everything that you shared, man. And it's, it's, um, my thought that is like, um, and I've had similar experiences, but, uh, you know I mean ecosystem is a word that I feel like it's thrown around in, in different contexts, like within the business world, but like in terms of like a, a network and give back, there is also kind of another ecosystem as kind of you're sharing, like, uh, Dan has his podcast. He has Rick White on it. You reach out to Rick White you mm-hmm. or Brock Felt, and now you're doing uh, a deal with Brock, and now you're connected with both, and, and right. it's just kind of um, there's I I I uh, it, it's that abundance mindset, right? Like, and, and you, you 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 totally think that it's like um, you know I mean I I remember thinking the same thing, just like. You know what I mean? They they are where they're at, and I am where I'm at, and you know what I mean? That's just the way that it is. But I think uh, the mo- moment you start moving, and I think that's why, you know what I mean, we, we both know Jeremy, and, and he's uh-huh. all about just get started. Just get started. You don't have the answers. Who cares? Just get started right. because once you get started, you might get a, someone messaging you back. You're like, wait, what the – like, let's – let's uh, you know what I mean? And, and that's cool that you're able to um, – that you're able to uh, kind of pursue that. Yeah. I love that you, you talked about the abundance mindset because I think that's so important in all facets of career and business, entrepreneurship. So many times, you know, I'm involved in the fitness industry. Fitness industry, typically re, uh, typically most fitness businesses are scared of their competition or they're always looking out for what's the other guy doing? How, can, how, how do I make sure I don't lose my members to them? And how can I get their members you know, to come, come to me. And, and it's, it's very, you know, just hold tight, don't lose anything. And, and I think, I think that's the wrong, that's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong mindset to have. Um, I belong to another, you and I are in, in Jeremy's mastermind group. I belong to another mastermind group that is, uh, it's called results fitness university. They're based out of Santa Clarita, California. And they are all about fitness businesses. Everybody that's in that group is a fitness entrepreneur. And the fantastic thing is, is everybody's from all across the world. You know, there's, it's global. And we get together three times a year and then monthly on Facebook and Zooms and all that. But we have these open discussions of what's working in our business. How can my, how can you know something that I'm doing help your business? And it's really easy in that environment because nobody's next door to each other. But at the same time, I think I think if businesses localized businesses that are of the same nature, if we communicated better with each other and worked with each other, we would all benefit. You know, we live in the Salt Lake Valley uh, where our, our business is. There's a million, million and a half people in the Salt Lake Valley. If I can't sustain a, uh, an effective fitness business 
with a million and a half people in my valley, that has nothing to do with the Pilates studio or the yoga studio up the street. That has everything to do with me and not providing a, a good service and a product to customers. And if they can't do it either, that has nothing to do with me. That ha- it, it, it's all on us. So I think if we just if we worked more cohesively and we shared ideas, there are so many people that could benefit from what we do if we just collaborate with each other and work together. I love that. And then it's like a a higher plane to live on, man. And and, sure. and, and, and you and everything moves and gels. Like we had. Um, uh, he's become one of my good buddies, a guy named Kyle Grimes, and he's a window cleaner, and he and he um, talks about that. And I think he even on the podcast episode that we had with him, he shared, like, what you should do. Like, he's like, hey, this is what you do. This is, and I can't remember. He's like, you get a little bit of this type of soap, and you mix it with this, and this mm-hmm. is will clear the thing. And he's like, I, I, have, no, I have no secrets. He's like, if right. you want to do it yourself, you know yourself. If you want to hire a professional, he's like, I'll get it done professionally. But sure. this is... This is what it is, and and uh, and opportunities come. They don't. They don't like you know what I mean. And it's not like I have my pieces of candy and you have your piece, <laughs> and we're not sharing. And, right. and it's a uh, when when it kind of works together like that. It's it's uh, everybody moves faster. Yeah. And every, I think if we have our eye on the on on what our customers' best interest is, and we and we focus on that, then we will succeed. I've sent people um, from my business. I've sent them to other businesses because what they wanted, what they what they truly needed and wanted, wasn't something that I could provide them. And and at the end of the day, they came to me for help, and I'm going to give them help. Now I hope that help is something that my business provides, <laughs> you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I really just want them to succeed in what they need. And and so they're going to get that answer from me one way or another. I love that, man. I and and that is as you kind of mentioned, kind of Rick White and those guys. That is something that they all live by. Hundred percent. They all live like it's not like it's like, hey, I'm I'm here to help. Anything that I can, uh, you know, what I mean, if if I can, I will. And if not, like you mean, maybe right. I can point you in the right direction. Yep. And it's just uh, it's really cool once you discover that. And I think you can hear it and understand it. Like you know, what I mean, as as a sentence, but uh, once you do it for yourself, you can understand it. Maybe like kind of closer to your heart, and, and right. it changes, it changes things. Um, I, I don't I don't want to uh, go too far without even highlight highlighting your gym is called Awakened Studios, um, yep. and there are there are the yoga stuff down the street or the Pilates or whatever. What what is a uh, who, who should be coming to Awaken Studios? And what, what is uh, your gym about? Anybody's welcome, obviously. We, we want anybody who, who's looking for health and wellness, physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, we're not a gym. Um, we're, we're a studio. We're group fitness for the most part. Um, we do have private training. Um, but anything that we do in our, in our facility is instructor based and supervised so there's no open gym we don't have big dumbbells barbells anything like that it's class-based um our primary uh client we're probably 85 to 90 percent female based um most of our guys that come in uh typically come in for yoga 
you know, they're, they're, we get rock climbers, outdoors guys, you know, who, who come in and they, they understand the benefit of, of stretching, um, you know, getting in tune with their body outside of lifting heavy weights. Yeah. Um, so that's typically our clientele, you know, uh, and it's very family oriented. Love it. You know, we have, uh, I would say, you know, we have a couple of early 20s, late teenagers that come, but honestly, most of them are, are moms, grandmas Love it. Uh, who are coming in who who want to keep up, you know, keep their health up uh, to, to be able to run around with their kids, grandmas who are coming in who want to be able to pick up their grandbabies, yeah. uh, that type of thing. So physically that way, um, we also focus a lot just on mental health. Um, if your mind is not in the right place, your body's not going to be in the right place. Mm. Um, so we do workshops frequently on, on mental health. Um, we, we work on recovery a lot. Um, that's something that's missing in, in a lot of the gym world is the gym is really good at letting you hit the weights and, and build the muscles. But if your body doesn't have time to recover, you're not going to lift the weights very well, yeah. you know? Um, and you, you're only going to, you're just getting tighter and more wound up. And yeah. I have a problem with that. I need to, I need to take more <laughs> of, more of my own classes. Uh, but you know, that's kind of, you know, we're, we're looking for somebody who wants kind of overall, yeah. you know, physical and mental and spiritual balance. Yeah. I love, I, I, I love that, man. And I, it kind of reminds me of what you said earlier. You know, what I mean, one of the benefits of being in the in that industry is people. You're you're dealing with people that want to improve and want to right. do better, and that's such a cool yeah. environment. That's cool that that's your workspace. That's yeah. your office. Is it is it is fun, and, and we have we do a lot of programs that are educational based. We actually have training programs. We have. Um, if you're a yoga teacher and you, or if you're into yoga and you want to become a, a yoga instructor, we have 200 hour yoga teacher training course. Beautiful. Um, we have a 300 hour. If you're already a yoga instructor and you want to increase even more, we have a 300 hour program. And then we love seeing our instructors who come through our programs go out into other gyms, into other studios, yeah. and teach people. And, and that kind Abundance of thing. Abundance again. Abundance again. There is no shortage of, you know, of what we do. And, and we want to see those people succeed. Um, that's why we actually ended up partnering with a, a studio in St. George is so we can provide a Pilates training program down in that area. Um, the Salt Lake area is owned. The territory is owned by another studio in the, in the Valley. So unfortunately we're not able to provide our Pilates training at our studio here. And, but it's something we felt really strongly about. So we looked for an opportunity, found a studio in St. George that we partnered with. And, and that's where we provide our educational, uh, trainings is, is in St. George for our Pilates side of things. Dude, you guys get after it, man. I, <laughs> I, 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 that's something that I feel like just uh, resonates with me in, in your story is that you guys see it, don't get, don't get hung up, just, just keep moving. And so, got to find a way, workaround. Yeah, you know, can't get stuck. I love that, man. Well, it, what's what's interesting um, is. You guys have passed the the five year threshold that like you know what I mean kind of when everyone's starting that's one of the COVID the, was five years yeah <laughs> well and and that's that's kind of where I'm going with it is like um, 
what a year five, right? Like, yeah. if for that to that that definitely would be like a you know what I mean, the final for your you know I mean final exam for passing the five year right. threshold, right? Like is having a business that interacts with people. Yep. Um, and that's that is the model, right? Like you come to my class and we're gonna, and and that's how uh, you're able to to bring the bread home. Yep. Is a uh, is this. So I, I, I kind of wanted to maybe discuss what, how did you pivot? How did you, you and your wife um, survive 2020 when, mm-hmm. when social distancing was a thing, businesses right. had to get shut down. And, um, you know what I mean? Maybe kind of at the point where it kind of came around where things were starting to feel like you could probably go on autopilot. Sure. And, uh, and then you get another one of those, you know what I mean, moments where it's like... Smack in the face. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 2019, uh, when we started in 2015, we had exponential growth to 2016, 2017, 18, and 19. Um, in 2020, um, you know, we had a goal of, of doing a million dollars gross. Um, you know, that was our goal for 2020. We were, you know, we were about 850 in 2019 so we wanted that million dollar mark in 2020 and the team everybody was super excited and and we were going to hit that and then covid just took our legs out from underneath us you know starting in march of 20 you know 2020 um and then we you know our business literally got shut down you know we were mandated by the state uh to close our doors um and I'm, I don't want to get political in, in, in this conversation, whether you whether you believe in those type of things or not. We decided at that point that we were going to, you know, we were going to follow those mandates and, and we shut our doors. We were closed for about 12 weeks. Um, and we had to take our uh, our model and pivot to continue being able to provide our customers with uh, with fitness solutions. Um, COVID didn't, you know, COVID didn't stop people from, um, you know, being out of shape, (laughs) you know? And so what we ended up having to do is, you know, our physical location was shut down. So we met with our team and within a week we developed an online platform. Um, we opened private Facebook accounts. We, uh, that all of our members were invited to. Uh, if they weren't on Facebook, we took all of our, our classes, we videoed them, um, and we put them on a, a private website that our members could access. Um, our team was fantastic. They would come in. We set up a, a film studio inside of our inside of our building, and we were filming um, usually three to five classes every day. You know, instructors would come in, and they would do that. And so we had to, to pivot that way so our members could continue to, you know, get their, uh, get their services. Now, I'll say this. We have the greatest community of members on planet Earth. Um, we are not a discount fitness center. Our memberships are way more than $10 a month mm-hmm. <laughs> at some of the local big box gyms. Um, you know, our membership started around $70 a month and go up to $250 a month. And we were so fortunate to have a lot of our members continue to pay us and pay us full membership price. Um, we, we send out emails and calls to our members saying, hey, 
these are the options. You can put your membership on freeze. If you really need to, you can cancel your membership. Um, you can downgrade your membership. As long as you have a membership, you have access to these to these online classes. And we had so many people, they, they would respond back, don't even think about taking my membership off and putting it on hold. You keep charging that credit card. And so here I have these fantastic people paying me between 70 to $250 a month for an online class. And we were just blown away with the support. There were others who said, you know what, I really want to continue to support you guys, but I can't. <laughs> I can't justify paying $200 a month. Um, can I downgrade to one of the other memberships and I'll still pay you $99 a month? Thank you. You know, and they would do that. Now, obviously there were some that they just needed to cancel and that's fine. You know, we ended up the year about 30% down. Um, you can do the math in your head. That was, you know, quite a chunk of money. Yeah. Um, but with the support of our members, the support of our staff, 2020 was basically a wash. We did we 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 ended up losing about ten thousand um, dollars in general. But I just feel so fortunate to have made it through with that situation because I know a lot of people, I know a lot of companies in the fitness industry that didn't make it through, mm -hmm. and it was a hard year for sure. Um, you know, after three months of being shut down, we, we opened back up, but there was a lot of apprehension, you know, a lot of, at this point, there was still a lot of the news media that yeah. was talking about, you know, surface transmission yep. and everything of this virus. Nobody knew what the heck was going on. So a lot of people were very hesitant to come back. And honestly, we're still not at our pre pandemic right. numbers. We're still down, but one thing that we got really, really, really good at during COVID was trimming the fat from our programs and really figuring out how to run a, a well-effective business on a very lean, tight budgets and just crystal clear focus. You know, something before COVID that I'd be like, oh, yeah, just, you know, spend the money on it. You know, if we make it back, great, whatever. No, now it's like we look, we look, we have laser focus on our yeah. money now, you know, awesome. and, and so it really honed our skills. It yeah. was that refiner's Stronger fire. Stronger because of it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, to the point where uh, our previous best month ever in fitness was January of 2019. That was our largest grossing month ever. Historically in fitness in Utah, because we are seasonal, uh, June, July are the slowest months because some people will put their memberships on freeze. They'll cancel because they just want to go outside and exercise outside and do that kind of thing. Well, we pushed and pushed and pushed. And June of 2021 was our largest grossing month ever. That's incredible. And it's all back on my team for pushing and being effective and talking with people. And one thing I always drill to them is, is, Yes, that money is a dollar figure, but every single dollar that's spent in our business is some is a dollar that somebody's spending on their health and fitness. And if and and we if we keep our focus on providing health and fitness solutions and benefit to these people, the money comes secondary. Um, 
and so that's our focus and and it's been really cool to see people um want to improve you know after being cooped up for a year yeah um to come out of their you know come out of their houses and they want that community they want that uh endorphins that come with healthy lifestyle i'll tell you i can tell you this after uh, we're not recording who this is but one of the more um prominent uh business guys here in utah who um is just a heavy heavy hitter we'll just leave it at that he when i i was fortunate to have a cool conversation with him and uh and that's what he he said it, he kind of what your story embodies is what his he's like i'll tell you the secret to success and we're talking about heavy heavy money he's like this is this is what it is he's like are you ready and he kind of set it up like this he's like customers come first yeah. He's like, that's it. Customers come first. You think about the customers. He's like, don't think about trying to make this money first. He's like, if your customers are happy, then they'll they'll spend the money. He's like, just think about making. Oh, it wasn't customers come first. Customers make your customers happy. That's what it was. Yeah. He's like, if you make your customers happy, whatever you're building, if it's a service or product, if they are happy, don't the the money you can your money goals come second to to their happiness. And and I always thought that that was interesting because that sounds maybe uh, someone might take that as a little elementary for you know I mean, this guy has really deep pockets and and uh and i was like wow that's i mean there's a there's a lot of wisdom and i think your story and what you just shared embodies that i i want to know cause i'm curious because you you now are an ex- expert on this mm-hmm. um how how does one create that kind of culture with your clients like i i love this idea that um you had people that were uh, subscribing to the the monthly model, charge the card or, or whatever. Right. That uh, despite hard times hitting, and that kind of embodies what this guy was telling me, um, is like they they are they're happy people. How does how does someone if if I have you know what I mean uh, a business that I want to start if it's a product or whatever, how do I create that kind of culture and engagement with? Uh, um, with my customer because now you you've done it. It kind of goes back to that thousand true fans um, right. idea. You know what I mean? Like, um, how 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 do you do it? Because I you're th- on the other side of that now. Sure. I think one of the things I I try and focus on is I well something I try not to focus on is the bottom line of the of the book sheet all the time. Not everything you do has to make financial sense. Um, I'll give you a quick example of this. One of one of my uh, uh, early mentors that I really enjoyed uh, learning from was Larry Miller, you know, owner of Utah Jazz, yes. uh, you know, who's since passed away. Um, Larry Miller was the pioneer of the modern movie theater system. If you think about um, back in the '90s or so, early '90s, uh, late '80s movie theaters. You'd walk into a movie theater and it was all one row, you know, just slightly curved from the front to the back. And the uh, if you think about it, do you, can you picture where the handicapped seats were uh, in those old style theaters? There's two places for handicapped seat- seating. They're either in the front row or the very back row. They're the worst parts of the theater. Well, when Larry was uh, designing his new theater systems, 
he traveled the country looking at all these things, and he decided he wanted. Uh, and you can read about this in uh, Driven. his book. His book Driven. Um, he he wanted the handicapped people to have the best seats in the house. He didn't feel that that was you know that they should be punished you know because they have a handicap. And so, where are the best seats? Where where do handicapped people in wheelchairs sit now? The best part, right in the middle. Yeah. You walk in to the theater level, on their yeah. level. Then there is going to be some step down to seats in the front, and then there's going to be step back. Well, the problem with that is that costs a lot more to build that true stadium style seating that you now see in modern theaters. That's more expensive because you had to excavate out all of that dirt from the front, and then you had to build behind. Well, Larry was like, I don't care if it costs more money. This is how I want to do it. I want to provide this experience for these people, and everybody's going to benefit from it. Well, they've been in a modern theater that these days that's not built like that. Right. They're all built like that. The only theaters that are still in existence of the old pattern are your dollar theaters. Yeah. You know, and so I look at my experience and say it doesn't have to make sense on a spreadsheet all the time. Sometimes we're just going to do things because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, we're going to host uh, charitable events. Um, we're going to you know take somebody you know somebody in our our company who's struggling, and we're gonna we're gonna run GoFundMe pages for them. We're going to do this kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to put a workshop together. You know, one of my employees comes to me and they want to do a workshop. Well, we typically do a, you know, 50-50 split. Whatever they bring in, we just, you know, we split it half for them, half for us for the studio. Well, some of them do really well, and then some of them don't do very good at all. And some of them that have not done very well at all, I don't necessarily want my employee to be discouraged by that. Let's give them money. Give Give them 100% of it. I'm not, my business isn't going to close the doors because, you know, because I gave this employee an extra 150 bucks, but you know what that makes, that, that makes them super excited to do another one. It makes them appreciative and I'm not, you know, I do it because it feels good and it, you know, it builds that community. It makes my employees not want to go teach somewhere else. Yeah. You know, all these little things, company parties, you know, hosting a company party, getting together spending time together, bringing in a speaker to, you know, to give, um, you know, to give educational benefit to our, to our, 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 our team, throw a party for the, for all the clients, get together, do things outside of work. Um, you know, those things all cost money. Yeah. None of those things are bringing, you know, are, are, are bringing me money in a, you know, from an entry. Um, but they create culture. Yeah. And, and also, we expect a lot from our people too. I don't want somebody who's not invested in continuing to further their self as an instructor or furthering themselves as a management side. You know, um, if you're just a time clock puncher that's just going to come in, teach your class, and leave, probably not going to be around for all that long. Mm-hmm. You know, I want people who are continually pushing themselves and supporting those people around them as well yeah i love that man she's that was just uh a, a good 10 or 15 minutes of just power man she's <laughs> i do want to touch on a couple things before we kind of start um <coughs> oh looks like well here let me let me just i 
I'll, I'll, I'll highlight a couple things. Sure. And, um, Sorry, I get long-winded sometimes. No, I don't. <laughs> it, 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 dude, this has been super powerful. You, you also are involved. I, I kind of wanted to get into uh, some of the other projects that you're involved sure. with. But you're starting to get into real estate. I didn't know that you bought your building for your thing, which is cool. Cause that, and, and you bought the old family dollar too? Yeah, we bought. I, I don't like paying rent. I just, I hate giving other people my money. So uh, when our building was, it was actually just for lease. The numbers didn't make sense to lease it. It wasn't for sale. But I just told my agent, I said, hey, I want you to go and find out if they would sell the building. Um, they came back with a number uh, and the I crunched numbers and it made more sense to buy it. So Dude, I bought, I love so bought the building. Um, so, Which, which kind of leads, you, you also... Uh, dabble in real estate and and again if you guys you're you're accessible uh through social media but like sure you have um you, you have i when we talked about your real estate stuff i didn't know that there was commercial involved too so that's that's awesome and then you're also involved with another business uh subscription box business uh-huh um uh also and 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 if maybe we can circle back and if had i been smarter about this. I would have had you and your wife come at the same time, oh. and we could have. Both you can ha- you can have her come back another time. Absolutely, another one she'll she'll it. get the second <laughs> half. She'll tell us the real story. Exactly. She did everything. No, just kidding. <laughs> this is what the real story that she told me to tell you. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, look, I'll just I I wanted to go into those things. I didn't realize that we are out of time. But let me no just go through a, a couple kind of reflective questions just sure. to end. Um, you, I, 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 I'm a dad, so a lot of my questions kind of revolve around, like, you know what I mean, parenting and being, uh, you know I mean, what would you teach? How would you do this back? But, like, how do you, when, when you think about your journey, what, what do you want your kids to remember the most? Or what, what lesson do you want them to have learned through the journey of mom and dad? Um, in their, in I think what is the story? I think... Um, what I really want my kids to see is that there there is no one path, um, that they really can choose what they want to do, and they can be really good at it, and they can also be really involved in their family's lives outside of business. I love I, I couldn't I couldn't be involved in my kids' lives like I am today if I if I had a, a career for a you know if I worked for somebody, and and that's that's by choice. I want to be there. I went to swim team this morning with my kids. Um, you know, I was working out while they were in swim team, and then I always come out for their like last fifteen minutes and and watch them out there swimming, and, and that's fun. That's what I want to do, um, and so I want them to know that they can go out and have a a really great career and also be a really great uh, you know family you know really great parent involved um, as much as they want to be. So that's something I, I really hope that they see. And, and I also hope my, you know, my girls look at their mom and see what an amazing, you know, role model she is, uh, not only as a great mom, but as a professional as well. Mm. You know, I think times are times have definitely changed from our generation to the past generation, you know, where there's a lot more women in the in the workforce, which I think is great. Um, so I want my girls to know that they can do anything they want. You know, if they want to go to business, be in business. My, my oldest daughter, she just talks about, she just wants to be a mom. You know, she's like, I can't wait to be a mom. I can't wait to be a mom. Great. Yeah. Go be a mom be the best dang mom you can be. I love it. 
That's powerful, man. And then finally, when you when you also look back and reflect on your journey, and I and I love that your wife is involved with uh, you know what I mean so much of it, especially all all of the business part, right up to you know, mean when you guys met and get, got married. But like, um, what 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 are you grateful for when you when you look back at it? I'm great. I'm grateful for the time we get to spend together. Um, you know, I. And again, working with your spouse is not is not for everybody. Um, But I just love how much time we get to spend together. I I don't think I want to go to a job where I spend more time with my coworkers than I do with the woman I'm married to. You know, Um, so I'm I'm just grateful for the time we get to spend together, whether it's you know private time or work time. It's great. I'm with her. That's who I want to be with. Um, So. And, and that also, you know, that enables me to be there with, with the kids, too. So I, I'm a big family man. You know, I love family. It's number one thing, you know, for me. And, and so the lifestyle my wife and I have chosen is, is allows us to be there almost constantly with our family. So, Dude, so much wisdom on so many levels, business, family, fulfillment, joy, um, Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on and, and sharing with us. And of like course. I said, we'll have to circle back and, and have your wife on uh, yeah. in sometime in the near future. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Hanson. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.